Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. If you had told me I would be setting more healthy boundaries with my closest loved ones, not doing something out of guilt, and comfortable asking for the sale or setting prices equal to my worth in my business after such a short time in this course, I certainly would have told you no way. However, I'm doing all of those things and much, much more unapologetically these days. While you're grabbing a pen and piece of paper, consider this. Just how many people are actually paid to learn? Yes, you heard me correctly. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. And by the time I'm done with this course, I will have earned more than what I invested in this life-changing journey. You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And to get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. Now, it's time to dive in and let's get to work. Let's meet the rest of the team. Hi, this is Marcia Sertino and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. Hello and welcome from the gorgeous state of Wisconsin. This is Patty Anderson. And now, time for class. We're going to be discussing exercise 21. I was a little bit confused with the color you asked us to put into colors. It was step three. I was a little bit confused with step three as far as where would I put the colors at. The goal of the colors is to help you get in touch with the level of severity that we lie, that we chip away at our own integrity. I mean, we've got the, the lights, the conveniences, the, the simple stuff, the stuff that, honestly, we most likely don't even bat an eye at. For example, I might be attending an event at the local park and it's a hot day. And if I would just trouble myself enough to get up off my lazy butt and fill up a, a water bottle and take the water bottle with me, I'm going to save the 3 to $5 per water bottle at the park event, right? Yeah. So these are little light, not that big of a deal, but it's chipping away at my worth. When I use my money as a way to make life convenient... I'm chipping away at my financial worth. True? True. I'd love to hear a story. I'm sure there's a story out there about peer pressure spending. Anybody keeping up with the Joneses? When it comes to technology, I, well, you know what? I really think Chelsea should speak to this because she's quick to go to the, <laughs> <laughs> the new phone. Is that. <laughs> that wasn't right. Hey, Justin, did you feel that bus roll right over you just then? I felt something just stomp on my foot. Yeah. Christina, it is Christina's fault that I am a gadget geek now. (laughs) Phones come out, new computers. I want them so bad, and then when I get them, I don't want them. I give them to her. So she benefits from this bad thing that I do. <laughs> yeah. Could you decide that you want the new Note 5 phone so that I, I can get it, please? <laughs> well, I would like to have it, or at least the four. But if I get that, I'm sorry, you, you won't be getting that. 
So this is one way we chip away at our worth. We're competitive. Now, I realize that no one here on Team Clarity is competitive, so I understand talking about being competitive will bore you all to tears. <laughs> okay. Do you know that I had to put myself on, like, I, could, I, could, I, I, I can't go on eBay. <laughs> because literally, and if I do go on eBay, it's, I have to search by, like I can buy now. Because those auctions, I don't know what it is, but I swear I get into crazy war. I just be buying up stuff just yeah, for the competition to win an auction. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm very competitive. Christine, do you think I'm competitive? No, not at all. Really not. Yeah. It, it's the thing. Hold on. Hold on. Well, when, when it comes to a school, you're competitive and work. Yes, yes. I want to hear a story about how the inner competition between yourself and the critic, yourself and your inner perfectionist, have been competitive. Ooh. I will tell you that for me, like when it comes to work every year, getting that same little story come performance review, how fantastic you are and how we don't give out these scores that you're getting, and it's amazing. Don't expect to get it next year. And then I set a bar in my mom and be like, no, nah, mm-mm, boo, you don't need me, right? So then I up my game, and I'm like thinking, yeah, like I'm in competition with me. And rather than recognizing that literally for 13 years I've succumbed to that crap that they feed just to suck the life out of me. But I've done that my whole entire life. It, with school, with grades, with athletics, everything. I'm always trying to one-up myself. I do that less now. I'm quick to be like, Christina, you are, look. <laughs> if you don't lay down somewhere and rest, it is not that crucial. <laughs> and based on what I heard Julia mentioning in today's show, Julia, you're not competitive at all. No. I I don't think I am. I Oh, wow. That's well, I'm for myself. Before it was difficult for me to be the person that I wanted to be. With all my self-limiting beliefs and through this program, I'm able to excel far more than what I would have if I was working still for corporate America. I find myself many times where I don't want to do this, but now I realize, and and it comes to my mind automatically when I feel like I don't want to do something, that I'm not being the leader that I want to be, or I'm not being the leader that I want to follow. And the leader that I want to follow is me. And therefore, I'm going to challenge myself, and I'm going to be competitive with myself with the things that I don't want to do and the things that I need to do to get to where I want to be because I'm not being fair to myself. That's what I learned about this. Yes, I am competitive with myself because Mm -hmm. I want to be better. This is a challenge for me with myself, not with anyone else, with myself. Because everyone is doing their own thing, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to benefit myself. Patty, with you hearing what Julia is just saying, is it boring you to tears? 
Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> is it ringing a bell, Patty? You bet it is. And as I'm sitting here listening, you know, I'm thinking back to some some places in my life. And what's really great about this is I can look back as to where I took dives from things that people said to me when I was there for a while in life. I was very competitive. I was going to do better than that person because I'm going to achieve that next level, that next level of income, that next position, that next. Yeah, here's a perfect example. One of my last high paying management positions was at the Wilderness Resort. Now, the Wisconsin Dells area is known as Water Park America. This is a huge indoor-outdoor resort. It's one of the largest that there are in America. I started out as a shift supervisor, and when I was hired for that position, my ultimate goal was to get to that top food and beverage manager position. Within the first six months, I had achieved employee of the quarter, employee of the month, and received an award at the Christmas party for for being the quickest supervisor to achieve those two accomplishments within a six-month period. The following year, the manager had finally come to me because I had worked so hard, and I had said it in my heart and in my mind, I don't care who I'm going against, I am going for this position. I was working 80, 90 hours a week because it's salary, and I had my mind set on that, that that person, Jimmy, was not going to get this position over me. I got that position. And then they put a new person in charge that was above me. It took that one review to crush my world for him to tell me that after I had accomplished all this, I was not working to my potential. And right after that, it crushed me, and that was my downstream. I let go of everything. I let go of my self-esteem because of this one 20-year-old punk that came in there and just really ridiculed so many of us. And then the year after that, I was laid off because of him. So here I am today trying to build myself back up, and I'm listening to Julia say, well, I'm not going to compete with any but myself. And I've been kind of thinking on that same path, and I'm like, I don't have to compete with anybody. I'm just going to do my best. Amen. Competitive any, Marcia? <laughs> I am to a point. I think I get to the point where I start seeing, oh, no, my perfectionist is kicking in. What the <laughs> heck's going on here? So, Because if it's taking me too long to do something, I know it's my perfectionist that's been talking to and I'm like okay stop it that's enough okay you you're done for the day just continue tomorrow (laughs) I have a competitive streak in me yes but it's really with myself more than um, trying to out compete somebody else so we have a theme going here how does competition blind us to the balance between giving and receiving For me at the VA, one of the areas that my supervisor always said was the hardest to meet was ethics. I never understood that. Never understood if I'm not doing ethical work, how can you judge me on that? So our process is very judgmental. So you have to come up with ways, did this and I did that. Well, when I went to my evaluation last year, I really didn't write up anything because I knew that I do an ethical job. 
I knew that I advocate and fight for my veterans that I take care of, no matter who it pisses off. I scored the highest, and I just laughed. I said, okay, because before that I had worked myself to death trying to meet all of these areas to my standard. And it's funny because this year I'm not competing for that highest bonus because I know the work that I do for my veterans and my family, and that's all that really matters to me. So would you say that you in the past have been blinded by that, though, by the the competition? Oh, yeah, yeah, to the point that I would go searching for situations to jump into to prove that I was an ethical social worker. And I would be very competitive with whoever was actually still working on it. I mean, it was crazy. I finally realized that I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm an ethical social worker because it was very blinding to me. And in my mind, I would justify, okay, I'm doing this because they need my help. And sometimes that wasn't the case. And it occurs to me that the inner competition is, uh, literally, I probably would need some couch time, literally, if I literally were to think about it and be honest about the competition part of it. Yeah, I'm thinking it blinds me to giving to myself and allowing myself to receive from others. Because I, I, I absolutely, no matter what, I have to accomplish this without anybody's help, without anybody's anything. I got to overcome all odds. Like, literally, it's got to be a harder road for me than anybody else for it to truly be a success. Yeah. Well, I had a great surprise that the first of this month went to our social work meeting that we have every month, and the big director from the VA was there, and I thought, what is she doing here? What are they going to tell us now? And I was nominated for an Everyday Hero Award. And it's where someone sends in information, at least two people send in information about you, why they think you're an everyday hero. And what I found was I was very humbled, for one, and embarrassed. (laughs) I thought, I don't do this to be a hero. I do this because I love what I do. I did receive it. I received it well. It was very appreciated. I realized that I didn't really need that. So prior to this recent accomplishment, would you say, yes, you got you, what you were paid for? Mm, I get paid in so many different ways that I really don't need an everyday hero award for me to feel like I get paid for what I do. I have a gentleman I'm working with right now, absolutely love this little man. He is so precious. I go above and beyond for my veterans and my family because that's what I need to do. That's what they need. But it's funny because I I don't feel like I need a a big award to feel like I'm doing a good job anymore. Before, that would have been very important for me. Can you see how this chapter's title, You Get What You Pay For, and the topic of competition blows up the concept Chelsea, you just did an excellent example. You're rewarded in many different ways. You're paid in many different ways, yeah? Yeah. So the concept of pay me what I'm worth and getting paid what you're worth, as we blow up the reality 
if I'm competitive with myself and that competition is driving me to learn new skills, integrate those new skills, be a better person, at least however it is that I define myself as being better, I'm paying myself what I'm worth. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yes. However, on the flip side, if my competition is so strong that my social life suffers, people don't know me because I'm working too hard. If my competition is damaging my health because I'm eating what I can eat where I can eat it so that I can eat it. Ladies, if I had continued on the path that I was doing in my mid-20s, we would have never met. I would be plant food right now. I would probably have topped out at 400, had a stroke, and that was it. I wasn't getting what I was paying for when I was <laughs> eating all that crap food, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'm still stuck on the inner competition being so intense that I... I get blinded. I literally do. Can the Yohari window fit in this discussion here? What's the root of competition? Ladies, what is at the root of competition? Expectation. And? Self-worth. Bingo. Mm. What happens when you reach a stage in your life where you know you are always worthy? There's no need for the competition anymore. Bingo. If we take the traditional model where, Marsha, I hold on a carrot on a stick. Oh, look at this pretty, pretty sparkling thing. See, now, if you just put in a few more hours at work, now, if you just, just, just sacrifice your life a little bit more, now, if you just, Patty, if you just beat yourself up a little bit more and you do a better job at demeaning yourself and, and abusing yourself, I can screw you over even more and you won't care. Woohoo! What a great competition. Horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Isn't that what we do? Yes. The crazy thing is everything's set up on that merit. Like, I, work it de definitely is. Either you get a raise or you don't get a raise, and it's competition with everybody around you and yourself because there's this bell curve, you see, and everybody can't be high-performing, even though everybody in this group might be high-performing. There's only one of you that can get the highest score. There's only one of you that can get the next highest score. There's two of you that can get the next, and the rest of you are not getting jacked. <laughs> to answer Julia's question that she posed a few minutes back, she got stuck on step three on page 115. It's the sorting out of the lights, the colors, and so forth. What I'm trying to get across here in what you, you get what you pay for is do you see how – it's like the lobster being placed in a tempered pool of water. It doesn't know that it's in a pot with a flame about to be turned on. There's various ways, various degrees that we start screwing ourselves over without even knowing it. Yeah? Yes. 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 Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> it's until you get to the point you're going, my life is totally out of control. That you get to this point where you go, I have to forgive myself, even though it's horrendously painful. 
I have to forgive myself. And I'm being mindful that our last conversation, I really opened up Pandora's box on the concept of forgiveness. We'll get into that in a little bit, but you get what you pay for. Underneath that statement is one of the core concepts we started our journey with. The word starts with a capital B and ends in E. Anybody remember what that word is? Balance. Balance. Balance (laughs) between what? Giving and receiving. How does you get what you pay for teach you balance? Well, I don't know, and I might be off base here, but I'm thinking about that chapter in the buying something just because I'm in competition and there's always that remorse and there's always that letdown. Um, I'm really not sure how that feeds into giving and receiving externally, but internally, I, when I succumb to that, that's why I'm always let down. That gratification that I was seeking wasn't, like I wasn't given to myself in, in taking the action of that gratification purchase. I'm about to drop a bomb. Well, you know, you do that so well. Warning. Get to your bomb shelters. (laughs) With what you paid to get your most recent college degree and all that you had to do to get it, did you get what you paid for? Hell no. 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 We can't even put enough bold exclamation marks behind the fact that I did. No. <laughs> I did not need my second master's. Did not need it. For me, it's not even about that. It's when you ask, did you get what you paid for? I, no. And that's clearly represented in the fact that I can't even tell you where my degrees are. They're not framed, hanging up anywhere. They're in the tube somewhere, and I don't know where the tube is. I could care damn less. The thoughts of looking at the degree pisses me off to the nth degree. I just hold a lot of resentment towards it. Really, really, Christina, are, are you angry about it? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, uh, how do you really feel about it, Christina? Really? Come on, bust it loose. <laughs> <laughs> now, why did I drop that bomb? Because you knew it was going to put me on level 20. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Now, let's apply chapter four. When you start feeling at some point in your life a draw to drop a hundred and some thousand dollars on a training program, because college degrees aren't cheap if you added up all of your expenses between what you paid in tuition and books and all the other expenses related to going to college, you dropped a hundred K, yeah? I need you to stop putting salt in the wound, so. <laughs> when you're ready to drop another 100K, will you allow the experience of what you're feeling right now temper your competition, the competition that's created that I'm not worthy because I do not have this piece of paper? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Or am I going with this? If we 
are always in with our value and our worth, we won't be driven to feel that gratification. We don't have to get something externally to validate our worth. That's really good. Because I'll be the first to tell you, I probably would not have not near a degree if I had that lesson. That's fit to be a before and after. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I would have never put myself in certain relationships that eventually I got myself out of. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish this course was available when I was 20 years old. Where were you then, soul? <laughs> You get so as you look at this, you get what you pay for. Maybe if you can flip it, if you can flip it, if you, no matter what you've paid for something, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's reputation, whether it's respect, whether it's your health, whether it's your love, no matter what you paid for it, if you have a lack related to what you, quote, paid around what you, quote, received, that lack is your that's good stuff right there. I'm giving you virtual fist bumps on that one. <laughs> Is that too esoteric? Is that stretching the envelope a little bit too much? Help me understand that you're getting this. I think I understand you, So I think you're stating that the lack is what uh, motivates us, whether it's negative. You're there. You're warm. If there's a lack... If I've paid something, I've paid attention, I've paid time, I've paid money, whatever it is that I've paid, and there seems to be an imbalance. If I think of the old checkbook relationship, debit, credit, debit, credit, it doesn't wash with me. There was something missing. I feel owed something. Now that boils up to an expectation, doesn't it? Yes. And those are such wonderful things in life, aren't they? Uh-huh. <laughs> True or false? Are expectations cancer to your sense of worth? That's true. Yes. Oh, this is really pro- this is good. So, hmm. So, like, thinking about a business opportunity, like a network marketing or something like that, business opportunity, and then there's that expectation that you got to get your whatever your binary is, your five and your five or whatever. That, that This so feeds all of this, so feeds it negatively. So I'm so frustrated and I'm mad as hell right now about so many things. How many times have you because of the expectation and the pressure of the expectation, whether it be something that someone else put on you or you put on yourself, either you sort of shrunk to the situation or you stepped up to it. Most of the time, though, you tend to shrink and run away from it. You quit. You bury your head. And then you have those residual emotions because you shrunk to the moment. That would be me 100%. And the cancer grows. And And grows. And grows. Oh, yes, it does. I agree. Doesn't that eliminate your self worth? Doesn't it not eliminate, but reduces your self worth? That and what else? When another guru comes by, oh, look at this! You for the fancy price of twelve ninety nine, you can buy this, and bada bing, bada boom, all of your cancer is gone. 
Yeah, I was just getting ready to say, I'm sitting here, the dollar signs are flipping in my head when I think about the amount of money I spent on training when I first brought my business online, most of which today I will tell you what in the world was I thinking. It wasn't (laughs) going to help me. I didn't really need it because what I really needed was already in me. And I did have a mentor tell me that. But when she told me, it didn't resonate. I'm not saying that it's her fault. I'm just saying I didn't get it. So every part of this, you get what you pay for. If I feel taken advantage of, if I feel bad, if I feel ripped off, if I feel pissed, if I feel victimized, that victimization energy is going to telegraph out to everyone who's going to go, oh, look at there, there's a sucker waiting for me just to take advantage of him. I'll attract more people who will victimize me, true or false. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. That's true. two out of four, three out of four. I'm processing. I agree. I'm just processing. I'm so, you got me mad today, so. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a gentle, friendly competition that will help me raise my $15.5 million for Caregiver Lifeline. I want you all to sit down and add up how much money you all have spent on things that you don't think you got what you paid for. College degrees, technology gadgets, relationships that <clears throat> to this day still leave a bad taste in your mouth, Add up the total amount, dollar amount. Put a figure on it, a dollar figure. And within two years' time, I want you, as teachers of Pay Me What I'm Worth, to have earned it all back. I'll just throw that out there as a little little game we can play. I want you to get so much more out of this program that it may take you five lifetimes to show your gratitude to everyone you know for what you've gotten out of this program. I feel the wheels turning. You get what you pay for, flip-flops, between the victim and the victimizer. You get what you pay for, flip-flops, between this mentality, I deserve this, and I don't deserve this. We set up this binary between abundance and lack, and therein lies the competition, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we set ourselves up to fail every time. Anytime I hear somebody giving me a pity me story, oh, soul, my God, I can't believe it. I went to the local mechanic and rah, 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 and they screwed me over, rah, 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 and I'm sitting there going, oh, you poor dear, I'm so sorry to hear that. I've now just enabled you to be taken advantage of Again, true or false? True. True. So when I hear someone about to launch a pity party on me, I will say, look. So I say, I'm sad that you've gotten taken advantage of it. What did you learn from it? And if they can't tell me what they've learned from it, I change the topic. I don't want to hear the story. I don't want to enable you to feel 
Because what am I doing by helping you feel pitied? You're maintaining a victim mentality. You're telegraphing out, I'm a victim. You're telegraphing out to the world, hey, folks, I'm ready to be screwed. Step right up and screw me over. Thank you very much. (laughs) I don't want to be part of that, and I don't think you do either, yeah? Correct. Right. Stirring the pot here. We're getting into the deeper levels of stuff. What's important for you to think about as we get out this brand name, forgiveness, what's the difference between forgiveness and forgetfulness? See, because now you got me in last week's discussion, so you got me whirling too much. (laughs) I feel like forgetfulness is you strike the plate clean. So going forward, like you don't have a thought process of it. Forgiveness, but you still, that doesn't mean that you don't remember it, right? And you don't learn from it. When there's forgiveness, there's a lesson learned when you forgive. Or when I forgive, when lately I have this this last week I've learned so much about forgiveness and I looked back at the the episodes that had happened in my life and the experience that I felt at the moment when I decided to forgive myself was a lesson learned. Forgetfulness to me would would be that I didn't learn the lesson. It didn't mean that much to me. Bingo, of which you just flip-flopped what Christina just said. You can feel all of these minds going into knots. Tilt, overload, overload. (laughs) Warning, danger, Will Robinson. Danger, danger. (laughs) Forgetfulness is a pause button. Remember the old telephones when they first came out and they had that row of little buttons on the bottom of the phone and the, at business offices and the, the very first left-hand button was the little red button and so when you clicked one of the white clear buttons and you answered the call and you say, just a moment, I'll put you on hold and connect you and you press the pause button, the hold button, and that light starts blinking, doesn't it? Yes. And that light will blink as long as that poor soul on the other end of the line is still on the line. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget to learn a lesson, like Julia was just mentioning. If I forget to learn the lesson, the lesson's on hold. It's blinking. It'll come. It'll come. It will. Maybe not at the most opportune time, but I guarantee you that lesson that I've put on hold, it'll show up. It'll go, hello, I've been on hold. Where have you been? (laughs) Forgiveness is integration. We learn. We integrate. We release the positive and negative charge around the lesson. So that should that lesson appear again, we can explore it versus go, oh, crap, here I go again. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody's had that feeling of, oh, crap, here I go again, right? Of course. I've definitely had it. So as you're doing exercise 22 that we're getting into here, forgiveness means savoring the lesson, learning it, savoring it. And exercise 22, actually doing the forgiveness part. That exercise 22, as you're writing up your worth passport, as you get in touch with how many pity parties you may have held for yourself over the past 
few days, weeks, months, years. Remind yourself a very powerful word, mercy. Forgiveness is the gateway to mercy. I got chill bumps on that one. Absolutely. I have been through a stage in my life where I was by far more merciful to absolute strangers than I was with myself. I've experienced in times in life where I have been more merciful to people who have financially harmed me than I was with myself because I hadn't forgiven myself yet. Chapter 6 sets the stage for us to have a sense of worth at such deep levels. Chapter 6 sets the stage for us to vanquish beyond any doubt vanquish it any concept any hint any flavor any any anything that is a root to the feeling of unworthiness is gone so don't skimp on this chapter don't skimp I didn't think any call would leave me like last week's call did, but now I feel I'm, I'm in process overload. Patty. Yeah, you know, I have to agree with that. <laughs> there was a point in my life where a relationship I was involved in where the person took me so low for everything that I gave that I paid a healthy price. I paid a very healthy price. I paid a price of confidence, self-worth, I lost the relationship with my children. I lost a home to where I was living in a car for six months. I lost a job that I had literally gone to school for and gotten a degree for. It was a general management position. But because I allowed love and giving my everything to this man, I mean, I would literally wake up in the morning. I would make his lunches the night before. I would pick his that he was going to wear the next day, iron them to perfection. And giving all that I had for what he did and how he humiliated me, I don't know, something just woke me up today. It's like, wow, the prices I've paid for what I've given, I'm setting new prices. <laughs> I'm setting new directions, placing expectations on myself and on other people I think I lost years ago. And can you see now how forgiving yourself and going forward how you have a, when you're faced with these scenarios, there's the choice to forgive yourself so that you're sort of liberating yourself to receive the lesson in it and growth, further empowering you, adding to your recognition of what you really are worth, right? Or you have the choice to beat yourself up blinding yourself to the lesson and then therefore continuing to repeat that same pattern, which going back several chapters is making a withdrawal from your wisdom bank. It's making a withdrawal from your life, abundance, all of that. Does that make sense to the rest of the team? I mean, for me, everybody, does that make sense? Yeah, it does for me. Isn't it possible to be in a situation where you did learn a lesson. Maybe there were multiple lessons to be learned. You did learn a lesson from it, right? But you find yourself in a similar situation. In my mind, doesn't necessarily mean that I didn't learn any lesson. Maybe I didn't get a full lesson, 
I think what I'm trying to say here is, for me, it's it almost feels like I'm setting myself up for that that expectation of failure. If I'm in this situation again, then that means I didn't learn I didn't learn my lesson. I, I could have very well learned a lesson, one that I needed to have learned at that time that I was meant to learn at that time. There could be more depth to it, but I don't want to set that expectation that I will never, ever in any way revisit a scenario. Does that make sense what I'm saying? For me, I don't know that I feel that it's exhaustive, I guess, because I think it's possible to learn a lesson and there be a nuance or depth to it that wasn't present today, but when that similar situation comes back around in three months, that nuance is present now. Situations, like Christina was saying, that you learned something from that situation, but there were so many more lessons to be learned that you didn't catch that time around. And if those situations come back, because there's still lessons to be learned for you. My biggest thought on the subject is not setting such an absolute bar of all or nothing there because I I literally think there's levels too. Because it almost feels like then I would be setting myself up, again, that expectation's coming in. That's going to snowball into beating myself up and then not forgiving myself and then blinding myself to it's a snowball that could get set up here with that expectation. Right. I agree. I also learned that when I place expectations on myself, I am being my own worst critic. Oh, yeah. I'm judging myself. I'm doubting myself. I'm worrying. I'm putting all of that on me. Marsha, I'm curious what you're thinking right now. What I'm thinking is as I've been doing my mental laundry, I really came to the realization there were times in my life when I honestly thought I was being punished by God because of the many things, bad choices that I made in my life. Those choices also made me realize something, that I am capable of doing all those things. If I'm capable of doing all those things, I certainly have learned how to be compassionate and do not judge other people for their mistakes in their life Mm -hmm. because I've been there. It got to the point for me where with my mental laundry, I can look back and I can see the times that I really did work at forgiveness, at forgiving myself because I realized that I'm capable of doing everything that you could possibly imagine that somebody else might judge as what a horrible thing. I've really worked at forgiving myself for many years. It's recently just through this program that I said, wow, I really had that perspective wrong. God was not judging me. I was judging myself. I was saying I'm a bad person, and I'm past that because I know the difference. I forgave myself through many processes. When I take a look at myself, I know I'm a different person from many years ago. To me, that is the start of my mental laundry, my spiritual laundry, my bearing of my soul. I really feel so much better today about myself than I did years ago. But it's a great takeaway to know that 
perspectives change and that soul is teaching us that forgiveness starts with ourselves because we can judge people, we can do all that, but until we take a look at ourselves in the mirror, we have to see the truth and all those experiences that I had, I know have gone into my wisdom bank and they were my teachers, good or bad. This has been another very deep discussion. (laughs) I agree. This recording is going to have to be listened to by me. I know several times because there's lots of stuff. Remember, ladies, that I just would kind of put a reminder out that we're integrating. That's what that's, we got to be integrating. And as we integrate, things will we can get out of our head a little bit about processing this with our brains. It can get in us so that the rewiring can really take root. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you so much. And as always, Christina, I learned so much from you uh, being a co-pilot. You're not aware I do listen to you and how you are engaged with everyone, and I learn through you also on how to be a co-pilot myself. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm learning from everybody too. else. The soul certainly helps. <laughs> thank you for listening. Any personal ahas of your own? As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, It's my role to help you get serious about removing blocks to your success as well as live a more stress-free, confident life. Wonder if this course is for you? If you are a serious action taker committed to playing big in life and being your best you, I look forward to seeing you in my next class. Call me at area code 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 to talk about your next steps. Before you go, let's continue this discussion in the comment box below. You can always help other people have breakthrough moments when you share this show across your social media. I look forward to speaking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin, one of the many team captains for Pay Radio. Definitely radio worth listening to. Have a great day. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.